Welcome to the podcast, In and Through exists to equip the church to be hearers and doers of the word. I'm Tim. I'm Marshall. And here we are. Yes, we are. How you doing? I'm good. Yeah? Yeah. You got school starting up this week? Tomorrow. Yeah? Yeah. What Tom- classes you got? I've got uh, Greek exegesis. Ooh. And I've got expository preaching. Mm. And I've also got a course on the synoptic gospels. Fun. Yeah. So it's going to be good. I'm looking forward to it. In-person classes for the time being. We'll see how long that lasts, but it'll be nice. (laughs) Oh, the optimism. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, so the seminary I attend is not like a massive, it's not like one of these massive schools with like 30,000 students or anything like that. So our class Mm -hmm. sizes are pretty, pretty tame. So I'm hoping knocking on wood is, I don't know if this is real wood. It's not. It's not. I'll f- knock on this fake wood. So enough of the student stuff. Let's be teachers. Oh, okay. Nice. Nice transition there, Tim. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Yep. Yep. Were just, you big, j- just moving things on. Were you just like we lo- a lot. low key, just like reminding everyone that I'm still in school just so that if like, you know, we disagree on anything, it's like, well, re- just remember. I don't think anyone else cares. I just, was reminding you. Just remember. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get into it. What is prayer? Mm. I don't know. No, I do know. I'm just... Why does it matter? Why does it matter? Well, okay. I think the question matters for a number of reasons. I mean, first off, the Bible talks about prayer a lot, mm-hmm. like hundreds of times. Jesus, When Jesus talks about prayer, he says, and when you pray. Yeah. There's like, yeah. There's the this expectation. expectation. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> you owe me a Coke or... We're not going to go into the whole Coke thing again. No. no okay. Um... Yeah, well, and prayer prayer exists in many different forms and different religious uh, traditions. Um, so, understanding what is prayer in the context of Christianity mm-hmm. um, is important. Um, and we're told to pray for a variety of reasons, right? So, um, so that's why it's important for us to kind of figure out what it is, right? So, what is it not? What where, is where have we? Yeah, we as in the human race. Mm-hmm. Uh, over the years gotten this wrong? I think one of the things that's come up in conversations recently for me is a confusion between prayer and meditation. Mm-hmm. Right? So there's kind of right. this blurring of the lines that, you know, oh, well, Christian prayer is not really all that different from like Eastern meditation. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not the case. Right. Um, there are There are significant differences. Right. Um, at least in this kind of like Eastern form, uh, Eastern meditation, right, is really about like emptying your mind um, where it's almost like it, like actively trying to do nothing with your brain. Right. Um, whereas prayer is uh, intentional and focused and directed towards an end. Right. So I, I would say there's another important distinction that should be made here mm-hmm. because I the catechism is not going to talk to us about meditation. Mm hmm. Um, Christian meditation is different than Eastern meditation, yep. whereas one is emptying your mind. The other one is filling your mind, mm-hmm. right? Focusing, concentrating, considering, uh, a theological truth, a passage of scripture, whatever it is that mm-hmm. we're focusing on. Um, and so, so those are, are different things altogether, Yeah. but far and above in the difference is the idea of prayer. 
Okay, another potential wrong answer. Um, and, and here's the thing with some of these some of these wrong answers. And as we get into discussions later on in the episode, there are sometimes these kind of um, tensions that need to be held. Mm-hmm. So we're going to say one thing, and then we're going to say the opposite thing, and they're both potentially wrong. Okay? Or, just, just, or true to a degree. Or true to a degree, right? Yeah. So um, the idea that prayer must always follow a strict formula. Right. Right? Um, now, formulas aren't necessarily inherently wrong in and of themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some popular ones that are pretty bad. Um, growing up in Catholic school, obviously, like the the rosary, praying the rosary, and that sort of thing, uh, being a kind of this system of repetition and prayer that uh, needs to be done a particular way. Uh, that's not that's not a great thing. Um, there are there are tools like prayer books. And that sort of thing, right? Like we've, I don't know if we've mentioned the Valley Vision on this podcast before, but kind of these pre-written prayers that you can kind of go through and, and pray yourself, which can be really helpful. So again, not inherently wrong thing, but. I don't know if we've mentioned Valley of Vision here, but I've talked about Valley of Vision enough that I think Banner of Truth owes me some commission. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But but I, I don't even think those are our formula. Right, like I, I think we'll get into that later, talking about written prayer. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even call them necessarily a formula. But when when Jesus says, "When you pray, pray like this," mm-hmm. he doesn't mean these words exactly and nothing else. Right, and he doesn't mean this form in this order and no other way. Right, he means in this heart and within these parameters. Yeah, it's a very general like this. Mm-hmm. And we we know that to be true because when Jesus prays subsequently, he doesn't pray that way. Yeah, not ident- not an identical way. Right. Yeah, yeah, and it can be helpful to examine that. Um, we're going to talk about the Lord's Prayer in a couple of weeks, but uh, it can be a helpful thing to do. But again, it doesn't always have to follow the strict formula. However, mm-hmm. at the same time, to assume that there's really no kind of directive or structure at all that's given to us in Scripture and how right. we're to pray, that's wrong too. Right. To just say it's just simply a free for all. Just do it. You know, you just do it however, in whatever way. I, I think scripture does give us some some things, some kind of direction as to how we should pray. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, what are what are some examples of way people might take it for a free for all that you would say is out of bounds? Um, I think I think an unhealthy degree of casualness can be problematic. Sure. Right. To an extreme. And again, like, or conversely on the other end of the spectrum, so formal that it becomes detached from ourselves and our experience and and that, right. That it's, that it's either, um, not honoring to God Mm -hmm. or it is not reflective of a genuine relationship Right. Right. Yeah, because I think we've all experienced at some point uh, the person who goes to pray and then instantly their vocabulary shifts to a vocabulary that is not theirs, mm. which which is going to happen to a degree. Sure. Because the vocabulary of prayer and addressing God is going to have words that you might not use in your normal day-to-day conversation. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean that we start speaking Middle English. Right. <laughs> right? Um, and so so those kinds of things can happen. I, I, I used to be more offended by that. I, I kind of feel like people 
we're creatures of habit sure. and we just sort of fall into it. Um, but if anyone wanted to say, no, that's what prayer sounds like, mm. that would be going too far. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm not ready to roast the guy who prays over the offering, drops a V or a thou or mm-hmm. a thine and whatever. That just happens. Um, but if anyone was to be like, no, that's what prayer sounds like. And, and if you're not doing that, you're mm-hmm. not praying. I, I think that would be out of bounds. Yeah. Um, and, and also the person who would roast that guy and say, no, see how casual I am with daddy God. Mm-hmm. That's, that's also a bit much. Yeah. Cause sometimes that can be a little disingenuous itself too. Mm-hmm. It's like, look at how casual I am. Look at how informal I am. Mm-hmm. And again, we know from scripture, from what Jesus tells us that we shouldn't be praying in such a way that we're trying to seek attention from others. Like we shouldn't have this, um, agenda for how other people are going to view us in the way that we pray, whether that is with flowery mm-hmm. magniloquent language or whether that's like, Oh wow, that guy's just like him and him and God are just so tight. He can just like call him daddy and that's cool. And you know, I, right. Just, yeah. So I don't I don't think that every person that prays that way is doing it to do a look at me. If they are, they're mm-hmm. obviously wrong. I think I think sometimes what happens is we can see one thing that we don't like and can see it to be wrong and so we try to fix the pendulum by going completely the other way. Yeah. And if we're using our prayers as a means of correcting the culture of a church, right. then then we're misusing our prayer. Yeah. yeah. This is a time set aside specifically for a conversation with God. Mm-hmm. And whatever whatever sort of idea about what the church should look like or be doing that comes into that is misplaced. Mm-hmm. It's, it's brought where it ought not be. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the danger with the hyper-casual prayer is that there is a holiness and a respect deserved by God mm-hmm. that we have to acknowledge. Yeah. Right. Um, so, yeah. And I think in addition to that too, um, I think there's an element of, um, it's gonna, it's going to offend and cause people to stumble at times. If you pray in that way, depending, like know your context. Right. But if, if someone got up, you know, in a, somewhat traditional church, right? And prayed that way, it's going to become an obstacle, mm-hmm. right? And so is that, is using that casual language worth putting a stumbling block in front of other people? I think is a fair question to ask ourselves, mm-hmm. right? Right. Or conversely, the other end of the spectrum can be a, can be a problem too. If, you're Which using, is, if half your words, you know, people have to look up in the dictionary, then that's a, that could be, especially if you're leading in public prayer, that right. could be a problem. And, and so, I, th- I think a lot of people are going to say you're unsaying what you just said, <laughs> but I think there's a difference between saying I'm actively hoping that people hear what I'm, how I'm saying what I'm saying mm. so that they change the way they do that mm. versus saying, I realize that what I'm doing is causing people to stumble. And so I'm going yes. to alter something for yep. their sake. Yeah. Uh, so being aware of your environment, can have a good approach and a bad approach. Sure. We're saying do the good, not the bad. Yeah. Be good. As is a general rule for life. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, 
another kind of wrong view of prayer is just this understanding that it works like magic, mm-hmm. right? The right words, the right time, maybe the right hand gestures, whatever. That only works if you have two or three gathered. No. Okay. No. <laughs> no. So we, I don't know. I imagine we, we must have gone off about this when we were going through the Bible last year, when we got to that passage, when the two or three are gathered, the context of that is church discipline. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry to burst everyone's bubble, but every time we come into a time of prayer and they're like, all right, everybody. So we're going to, we're going to go to the Lord with this now. And it says when two or three are gathered, I'm like, who are we excommunicating? Who we bring in church discipline? Like that's just not the context. There, there are other places in Scripture that we can go to as a source of confidence as we approach the throne of Christ in prayer. But like, um, that's not the right passage. You don't have to have a prayer closet big enough for two friends. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Yeah, oh. That's that's just the passage that we love to throw out. Whenever people don't show up to Bible study. Yeah. It's like we were expecting 10 and three showed up. Well, no guess one, what, guys? No one came to Bible study and it's okay. We're going to exercise some church discipline on the seven who skipped out. <laughs> yeah. just, just kidding. Um, but we say that it is phenomenal how many times and who it is that will say, oh, hey, yeah. two or three, <laughs> we're, we're okay to pray here. Um, <laughs> And, but, but those people also do morning devotions mm-hmm. on their own mm-hmm. and pray. Sure. So, yeah, that's true. So e- I, I would say even they would struggle with the concept. I don't yeah. know why I got us off on that tangent. Yeah, it's fine. I just wanted to watch you get excited. Yeah. But yeah, no, but prayer doesn't work like magic. Uh, R.C. Sproul, I read a quote. He, he was referring to this idea of like seeing prayer as like a celestial bellhop who's just ready to hop to and do whatever we want when we want it. We just have mm-hmm. to ring the bell the right way. Um no, that's not that's not an appropriate view of prayer. Um, I think the last the last one I want to talk about, and this is kind of broad, just that this misconception that prayer isn't important mm-hmm. or that it's pointless, and and we don't want to dive too deep into that because I think we're gonna have a conversation about that later. Um, but if you look at scripture, you look even at Jesus' example in his life. Prayer is essential. Prayer is regular. Prayer is important. Mm-hmm. Um, it is not just a thing that some some people do and some people don't. There might be some people who are very um, have exercised that discipline a lot and are the quote unquote prayer warriors. Um, but prayer is is an essential part of the Christian life. Yeah. Uh, so things that I would bring to the table: mm-hmm. um, prayer as a work mm. is a problem. When yeah. when people see prayer mm. as a um a means towards favor with God. Yeah. Um it sometimes it becomes the end in and of itself, right? Like I prayed what is that, what else does God want from me? Right. Yeah. Right? Um and so sometimes sometimes I can and and that might seem like a bit much. I I've had people say that, right? Like well I I prayed that's that's all God wants from me. Um and so, so that prayer is in and of itself a work or, uh, I, I think in Islam, we see this a lot, right? Prayer is a work. You mm-hmm. pray this much, mm-hmm. um, then, uh, then you'll please Allah mm-hmm. and in, in pleasing him, you gain favor mm-hmm. because of the length and the amount 
of your prayers. Mm-hmm. Uh, some will even wear like a clicker so that they can say a prayer, click it, say a prayer, click it, and keep up with how many times they've prayed that day mm-hmm. uh, because it is for them a work. Right. Um, doesn't work that way um, with in, in, in Christian prayer. Uh, I, I would... Now nah, that's probably getting into next week. Okay. It's okay. That's fine. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, the catechism is going to kind of stick with this subject of prayer for a couple of weeks. So there's some things that we're not going to get into, not going to say, please don't email us and say, hey, why didn't you say this about prayer? Because you flip ahead a couple of pages, you'll see that we're saving parts of the conversation right. for later. Right. So let's get into just today. What is prayer? Very general question. The catechism says prayer is pouring out our hearts to God in praise Petition, confession of sin, and thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So it kind of lays lays out this definition, this kind of broad definition of what prayer is. Um, and we can maybe kind of break that down a little bit, break that answer down a little bit, get into you know what it's talking about here. Um, firstly, I, I want to note that you know prayer is from the heart. It's pouring out of the heart. Mm-hmm. Prayer ought to be sincere. Uh, it ought to be authentic and honest. It shouldn't be disingenuous. We shouldn't be praying things that we don't agree with. Right. We shouldn't be praying for things that we don't truly want. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, that's. I think that's really important. Right. And, and I, I. There are there are different kinds of prayer and different times for prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, pouring out of our heart. It means what we pray, we genu- genuinely mean. Mm-hmm. And all that we genuinely mean and feel should be poured out before God in prayer. Mm. It is not suggesting that they all need to be poured out before God in every prayer. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. It does not cease to be prayer for you to say, God, thank you for this day. Thank you that our family's gathered around the table again. Bless this food. Amen. Mm-hmm. Right? You wouldn't be like, excuse me. The catechism says prayer is pouring out our hearts before God. Yeah. <laughs> that didn't feel like a pour. <laughs> yeah, why weren't you confessing sin it, in it front felt, of your children at the dinner table? It felt like something less. Right, right. Uh, that, doesn't, that doesn't mean that every prayer, again, is formatted in mm. such a way that it must hold every element. Right. There will be opportunity for a more shallow prayer, but prayer as a practice Mm. cannot stay shallow. It has to be poured from the heart. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, The second thing I notice about this answer is that this pouring out is directed to God. I think, I mean, this isn't going to rock anyone's world, but to God and God alone, mm-hmm. right? This idea of like, you know, praying um, through saints yeah. as as some would be want to do or praying through angels as the Gnostics in the era of the early church would. Um, it's not okay. And it's, and it's, it is, it is directed to God. It's not just simply this internal conversation with ourselves in our mm-hmm. own head. Right, and that's that's another thing too that we need to steer clear of. Right, it, and and I I think to get that wrong, Marshall, 
Some would say, well, it's a different practice for prayer. Mm. It's it's not a big deal, but it shouldn't happen. I would go further than that. I would say it's a misunderstanding of the gospel itself, Mm. right? In the book of Hebrews, there's discussion about how is it that we as sinful people can come before a holy God? It doesn't make any sense. Mm. But Christ died to be a sacrifice for my sin. And that veil that stood between me, a sinful man, and this ultimately, supremely holy God has been torn down. Mm -hmm. And that is why we approach the throne of God with confidence, Mm -hmm. which we're going to get into next week. Yeah, But to say... It is too much for a sinful man to speak to the creator of the universe and a holy God. There must be a mediator. Is to to say Christ's sacrifice did not remove the veil. I am still separated from a holy God. And his work was not only insufficient, but ineffectual. Yeah. 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 It's a denial of the gospel. Um, all right. So four elements that are given here, um, this list, you'll see this rearranged with slightly different wording. Um, I've seen it, you know, ACTS, the act, but they do, I guess PPCS is what the, (laughs) the new city is, but it's the same, it's the same list. Um, praise, petition, confession, Thanksgiving. Right. Um, so four different kind of elements of, of prayer, um, we can maybe just kind of briefly just lay out what each one is. Sure. Praise, or in some traditions, we would refer to this as adoration. Mm-hmm. Um, this is essentially just magnifying the glory of God through our prayers, right? Just delighting in who he is, in right. his identity, right? Thanking him, thanking him for what he has done and for who he is. Yeah. This is the... Uh, you know, in the in the Lord's prayer, this is the the hallowed be Thy name. This is that's what this is, mm-hmm. right? This is this is just like just a a desire to bring honor and glory to to Him, right? So that's what that praise is, um, and that's an important part of of our prayer. And I think one that I don't think it's the most overlooked in the four, but I think it can be somewhat overlooked. Yeah, I, you know, we. We all have our tendencies in prayer. Sure. I, I think I think we rev up and slow down hmm. with things that have just become stock phrases for ourselves. Sure. That's that's probably universally true. Mm-hmm. Um the first that's to say like the first four or five words and the last four to five words of our prayers are very similar. Right. Uh <clears throat> when I was growing up everyone prayed Heavenly Father and then opened their prayer. Yeah. Um I, I, at some point, changed that in my own verbiage to say, Father God, mm-hmm. which has just become my mainstay. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember as a teenager making that switch and feeling very spiritually independent, <laughs> doing my own thing. Uh, uh. But I, I know like this concept of opening and praise, mm. For better or worse, has become a part of my stock phrasing that I tend to open up prayers. Father God, we thank you so much for who you are. Um, it's it's 
although stock in that I stay it the same way almost every time. Mm. I get mm-hmm. that. That's just because I'm a creature of habit. Mm-hmm. But the intention is this, right? To acknowledge who he is. Um, not only because it's something taught to us in prayer, from uh, about prayer in scripture, just because it also puts my heart in the right place, mm-hmm. reminding me of who I am yeah. by acknowledging who he is. Yeah. Uh, petition, I mean, that's essentially, that's requests made to God. Right? This is oftentimes the sum total of what we assume prayer to be. Yeah. Because one thing, one thing we could also say that prayer is not mm-hmm. is uh, one of these things in its entirety. Yeah. It, it's not only petition. Right. Um, but when, when we get together and we're, we ask the question, so like, petition, petition has become so much a part of how we pray. I would say dangerously a part of how we pray. Hmm. Um, we even have the statement when we gather Bible studies, do we have any prayer requests? Hmm. And what we mean is petition requests. Well, the request is the petition. Right. Do we right. have, do we have any prayer requests? Mm-hmm. What, what is, what is our petitions? Right. And that's okay. Um, it's okay for it to be a part. Mm. But the idea to come to said Bible study and bring into that praise, if, if somebody said, you have any prayer requests? And somebody said, I'm just grateful that God's all-knowing. Mm. There's a chance that you're going to have a number of people in that Bible study going, that's cool. Amen. We're asking for prayer requests. Mm-hmm. Don't you have like a second cousin with a <laughs> knee issue or something? Yeah. It, confession of sin. Yeah. I think we would just look at that and be like, that's awkward. We can talk about it later. Mm. Or that's something to be um, done only in private. Yeah. Yeah. And never, never in a corporate context. Thanksgiving is something that we uh, are probably, you know, praise and prayer. Mm-hmm. Um kind of can go hand in hand together. And so that's probably something we're a little more accustomed to. Uh, mm-hmm. But even even our verbiage to call them prayer requests just shows how much emphasis we put on the petition. Yeah, And the petition should be there and it should be an important part of our prayer. We just have to be careful that it doesn't become the only thing. Yeah. Well, even if like in this discussion that exists about like the effectiveness of prayer, it's mm-hmm. really just the effectiveness of our petitions in prayer. Because I mean, we, we're not going to, I mean, the effectiveness of praise, the effectiveness of thanks. I mean, no no one's going to question that. No one's going to debate, right? It's like, well, yeah, honoring God or thanking him for what he's done, right? right? What yep. people are really getting at is what people really want to know if their prayer works or what their prayer does is, is do my petitions work? Do my petitions have the desired effect? And why why are or are, are they not answered? Right. Right. That's real. Like, and so, again, it just kind of betrays this this overemphasis of the one element of what prayer is. Yeah, would people say, I don't feel like God hears my prayers. It's not about praise. It's only about petition. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. A, lot of, a lot of our struggle with prayer comes at the point of petition. I think, like you're saying too, because of the overemphasis mm-hmm. we put on petition. But mm-hmm. at the same time, there is nothing too great or small. Oh, sure. To bring before God in a petition. And it's maybe not that we need to scale back our petitions. It's just we need to increase everything else. Mm-hmm. Right? Maybe that's the way we get balance. Rather, it's not asking for less. It's not bringing less to him. It's understanding that that 
element of prayer is is part of a a balanced diet right for lack of a better term do you want to talk about you want to get into the effectiveness of prayer today tim do you want to have that conversation it it doesn't really come up in other places so we can we're at the 28 minute mark we got a few minutes we got a few minutes i think here's the thing when we're talking about the effectiveness of prayer which really is the effectiveness of petitions um, there, there can be this this feeling, or a number of different feelings, and in, in how it's supposed to work, or why it works, or why it doesn't. Um, a lot of people might feel like if my prayer isn't answered, and particularly if it isn't answered the way that I want it to be, it's because I lack faith. The Bible is clear that we ought to not be double-minded in our asking; that we should ask with faith. Um, but we need to be careful that we're not confusing faith and willpower, mm-hmm. right? Like prayer doesn't work. Like, I don't know if anyone listening to this podcast has, has ever read the secret, but this, like this cool concept of like, um, positive attraction and all these things. Like if I just desire good things hard enough, then good things will, will come. Um, that's not how it works necessarily. So although we are called to to not pray as those who are double-minded, we are to pray in faith. Um, we can't just chalk up every time that our, our prayers are not answered that, oh, well, I, mu- I must just lack the faith. I must just lack the, the willpower. I just don't want it enough. Um, I think that's an unhealthy mindset to have. Yeah, I... There are times when people will put forth the idea that prayer, the the effectiveness of prayer is dependent upon your ability to pray it into happening. Right. This the depth of your faith, uh, the greatness of your righteousness, um, or the number of people that you have on your side. Right. Right? Almost as if petitioning God in prayer means getting a petition of a thousand signatures right. and saying that's not what petitioning God in prayer means. Hey, we got more than two or three. But but we we do hear of people saying, you know, I I need we need as many people as a possible as possible agreeing with us. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Um that's that's a misuse of those ideas. It, it, prayer is not about the strength of man mm-hmm. or the will power of man. It, it's it's a entirely about god Mm -hmm. yeah where man comes into prayer is not at the level of bringing about the outcome being prayed for i think that's important Mm -hmm. i i'm looking at a book right here uh by halesby it's a book from 1931 um and it says to this end the results of prayer are therefore not dependent upon the powers of one who prays. His his intense will, his fervent emotion, or his clear comprehension of what it is he is praying for. Uh, Or for not the reasons why his prayer, they are not the reasons why his prayers are heard or answered. Nay, God be praised, the results of prayer are not dependent upon these things. To pray is nothing more than to uh, 
open the door, giving Jesus access to our needs and permitting him to exercise his own power in dealing with them. Hmm. He who gave us the privilege of prayer knows very well, and knows us very well. He knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. Hmm. All of that to say, God's not sitting back going, prove how strong you are, and I will come to your aid. Right. <laughs> that, that's, that's the reason for him to say, praise God, this is not what it is. Mm. Prayer is a tool for the weak. Mm-hmm. Prayer is a tool for the broken. Mm-hmm. And so to say that if we come to him weak or broken, our prayers are not heard, is the opposite of what prayer right. is. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. Um, yeah. And I mean, we can get caught up when we talk about prayer, right? There can be this like problematic, like fatalistic idea of prayer, right? Like we almost, we take the truth of God's sovereignty to, um, to a place where then we can justify our sin and not praying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. It's like, well, God's going to do whatever he wants. So what, so what's the point? Right. Um, I mean, that's just, again, just not consistent with what scripture calls no, us to do. We are, we are called, we are called to bring those petitions, mm-hmm. even if we understand they may not come about. Mm-hmm. The point, the point is not that we would slip up and ask for something that wasn't in line with what God has planned. Mm. Right. I, I think the I think the perfect example of that is Jesus' prayer in the garden. Mm. Right where he says, I don't want this. If there's another way, let this pass from me. That's his petition. Mm -hmm. Make this go away. But nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Mm -hmm. Right? And and so we pray the same way. Right? We pray to say, God, this is is what seems right to me. This is what I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. Right? This is what I desire. This is what I think seems to be right. God, it, it doesn't even seem to be in opposition to your will. Maybe it even seems to be in accordance with your will. Mm-hmm. And so, God, I, I'm begging you for this. But I also know that in the end, you know better. And so your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. No, that's great. Um, the last thing. Uh, or one of the last things, I guess, um, in regards to how our prayer works is understanding, because the Bible talks about it in a handful of occasions, the impact of sin on our prayers. Mm-hmm. And that can be a really tricky thing to kind of navigate, right? Because, well, for example, okay, for the example here is from First Peter 3, 7, um, where it talks about how husbands are to show honor to their wives, um, understanding that they're heirs with you of the grace of life. And then it finishes by saying, so that your prayers may not be hindered. So it's, it's, it's in this instance, in this context, talking about husbands living, like treating their wives appropriately right. and lovingly mm-hmm. so that their prayers aren't hindered. And what does that mean? Right. And does, does that mean that um, if we are sinful, then God won't hear our prayers or, can't hear our prayers or whatever. Can God even hear the prayers of the lost? Right. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I think so, but 
Well, I, I would say God can. I think because his omnipresence, <laughs> yeah, he is like an omniscience means yes, he know he he knows this thing is going on. Yeah. So, I I would answer that by saying, in a in a big sort of way, there is a general grace given to all mankind, mm. right? Sure. That the sun shines and the rain falls, those kinds of things. Right, that we are given the very breath in our lungs. Mm-hmm. Those things are a general grace given to us. I don't see why that would not include God hearing the prayers of of the lost when they are praying something, even if their hearts aren't bent according to His will, mm-hmm. is in accordance to His will, mm-hmm. and and Him providing for them in a general means of grace yeah i i have no problem with that notion um i think i think the most the only truly effectual prayer the lost can pray is repentance for sin and -hmm. salvation Mm. um but but smaller things along the way i i'm i'm not going to say one way or the other the bible doesn't speak on that Mm. i don't have a problem with that being a truth Mm mm-hmm um as far as do our sins hinder our prayer the bible says yes that does not mean that the more righteous you are the more likely god is to hear you right it does not mean that the higher an office you hold in the church the more likely god is to hear you yeah and this is not to shout down people who write me and say, pastor, or call me, whatever, and say, pastor, can you pray? Mm-hmm. It it does. I do correct people sometimes when they're like, I need you to pray for me on this. And it's clear that what they're saying is, I got to invoke a professional. Yeah, you got the direct line. Right. I get put in, in the queue. <laughs> right, right. I'm going to invoke the professional and we're going right. to get we're going to get some stuff done here. Um, And, and I, I, I don't just flat out rebuke them but i remind them Mm -hmm. you know i'm praying to the same father through the power of the whole same holy spirit Mm -hmm. because of the intercession of the same son Mm -hmm. right Um, but i'm happy to join you Mm -hmm. in these prayers yeah so it's not like we scale up to have our prayers given a higher priority. It's to say that ultimate priority of presence with God is always and readily available. Mm -hmm. But when we live in sin, there becomes a separation placed there by us that becomes a block. Yeah. And I think it can manifest itself in different ways. Like I think, if we are in this kind of deep sinful pattern, this unrepentant sin, um, that's going to impact the way that we think. Mm-hmm. So it's going to it's going to hinder our prayers on our end. Right. We're yeah. not going to be praying for the right things and the or for the right motives or whatever. Like it's going to hinder praying our, at all or praying at all. The guilt yeah. of the guilt of sin causing people to stop praying is huge. Is is so common mm-hmm. and and it's tragically common mm-hmm. because the freedom from that sin is available through prayer yeah 
Um, and it becomes this sort of six cycle carousel. Mm-hmm. And then on the other end, I think it could be, it's possible. I mean, obviously not every situation is a carbon copy. Um, but it could be that God is withholding an answer to that prayer, you know, for his children who are in sin as a means of kind of disciplinary sure. grace, yeah. right? Saying there, there's a bigger issue at play here. The thing that you're bringing to me, I, like, I know what you need. I, I will provide what, what you need. But what you really need right now is a wake up call. And I'm going to allow whatever this thing is that's going on to continue because I love you, because I care for you. Um, and I'm good. I'm providing in that as I'm withholding, I'm actually really providing something that's even better. Um, you just need to wake up and see it. So yeah. I think that's a, that's a potential thing as well. So here would be my wrap up answer to the question. What is prayer? Okay. And it's not mine. I'm stealing from Holtzby. <laughs> he references revelation three twenty. behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man heard my voice and opened the door, I will come to him and I will sup with him and he with me. He says, I doubt that I know of a passage in the whole of the Bible which throws a greater light upon prayer than this one does. It is, it seems to me, the key which opens the door into the holy and the blessed realm of prayer. To pray is to let Jesus come into our hearts. This teaches us, in the first place, that it is not our prayer which moves the Lord Jesus. It is Jesus who moves us to pray. He knocks. Therefore, he makes known his desire to come into us. Our prayers are always a result of Jesus knocking at our heart's doors. Hmm. This throws a new light upon old, the old prophetic passage. Before they call, I will answer. And while they are yet speaking, I will hear. Isaiah 66, 24. Hmm. Yea, verily, before we call, he graciously makes known to us what gift he has decided to impart to us. He knocks in order to move us by prayer to open the door and accept the gift which he has already appointed for us. Nice. You mentioned this a bit kind of older authors or authors from a bygone era. You just had a better way of saying things. (laughs) Yeah. He, He goes on from there to go into this analogy of prayer being the breath of the soul Mm. and how our bodies long for a breath. And it is a greater work not to breathe than it is to breathe. Right. (laughs) Because that thing which our body longs for in breath surrounds us in every direction and pressures us Hmm. for desire to enter into us. Hmm. And the same is true with prayer. The presence of Christ, the heart of Christ, available to us in every direction, pressing in on us. All we need to do is answer the knock at the door and receive the heart of Christ, which he is giving to us through prayer. And in that, find breath and life. That's great. That's a summary. He says it better. (laughs) We'll talk more prayer over the next couple of weeks. 
Till then, thanks for listening. This podcast is a resource of Memorial Baptist Church in Stratford, Ontario, in cooperation with the Gospel Coalition of Canada and is produced by Alex Walker. See you later. Bye-bye.